Is your app visible in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store? Well, Gummy Cube can optimize your app to increase search rankings. See how they can increase your revenue with App Store optimization. And to learn more by going to www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. And thank you so much to Gummy Cube for supporting this show. Apptentive has given us a way as app entrepreneurs to get customer feedback directly within the app. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, apptentive, A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E dot com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much, Apptentive, for supporting this show. Hello, I'm Graham Hobson. I'm the co-founder of Photobox, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. This is the show where I go and get the most inspirational, aspirational amazing people from around the world and uh, we talk to them about stuff that can help you out you out as an entrepreneur an appreneur a startup founder or hey maybe you're just working and you love doing this stuff for uh, side projects uh, i've got a great guest who's going to help us understand the whole world of pr i've been doing a lot of pr i tell you what it's great when it works i've just got a lot of uh, attention from bloomberg and from TechCrunch and from the next web and it's resulted in loads and loads of traffic so i'm really keen on this whole topic of pr press releases and to help me with this i have an amazing guest uh, her name is janet murray and she is a journalist a journalist and editor for titles like The Guardian, which hopefully a lot of people have heard of. And also she does PR for a company called JanetMurray.co.uk. So uh, go and check that out. Um, Janet, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thanks for having me. PR, PR, what does that mean to you then? What, um, what is um, PR? What, what do you do for P- uh, people in regards to PR? So essentially, when we talk about PR, we're generally talking about public relations. So for me, that's everything to do with how you show up in the world in your business. So when I'm teaching people how to do it, because that's essentially what I do is I teach people how to do it themselves. I'm talking about getting coverage in magazines, in newspapers, on radio and TV, and obviously online publications. But actually, I do encourage people to think about PR in the wider sense. So for me... It's also about your your social media, it's about your website, it's about your printed materials if if you've got them. It could even be how you dress, how you speak, how you answer the phone, how you answer emails. It's really everything about your your the public front, the shop front if you like of your business. And essentially what I do, so I still work as a journalist and an editor for titles like The Guardian, but I teach people how to do their own PR. So I generally teach entrepreneurs and small business owners how to do this stuff because I really believe it isn't rocket science that any one of us who has a great idea can just pick up the phone or fire off an email to a journalist and can get coverage in some really great titles like some of the things you mentioned at the beginning like Bloomberg, like the Huffington Post, like Forbes, like TechCrunch. That's all possible if you've got great ideas and you just know what to do with them. I I love this already because uh, I mean I've had uh, a, a real string of successes recently. And wow, do, when you get a, a write-up from a really big publication, it means uh, the world in terms of traffic and engagement. And uh, I mean, for anyone who is an entrepreneur who maybe wants to promote their app, I know you've got some views about 
PR relating to apps. I wondered if we can go through that. You said it was quite challenging. Okay, well, I totally believe that anybody can get great PR for their business, whatever it happens to be. But I have to say that apps are the hardest sell. And people who make apps can also sometimes be the hardest sell in convincing them to move from what they think might work and what actually works. So the problem is, is that when you've got a new app, and actually I've got an online coaching program that I run, and I've got two app developers on it at the moment. And the problem is, is that from a journalist's point of view, there's only so much that you can write or report on it. You can you can maybe do, when your app first comes out, you can maybe do a review of it and you can say, well, there's a new app and it does these things, it's got these updates or whatever. But actually, in terms of getting long-lasting coverage and sort of keeping the momentum going, what, what can you say after you've, you've said there's a new app and, and, and it does these sort of things? So what I really encourage app developers to do is to think a lot more creatively about how they can keep getting the name of their app in the press. And to do that, actually, you have to do something which people sometimes gasp when I say this, but you actually have to stop talking about your app. And you have to take take a step back and you have to think, okay, well, first, the first thing I always get people to do if they're thinking about getting PR is say, okay, well, what is it I'm trying to do? Am I, am I trying to you know, basically sell more units to sell more widgets to get more people to buy my app. But actually, sometimes people have different objectives. So it might be like you just mentioned there, it might be a profile raising thing. So it might be that you want to be able to put on your website that you've been as featured in the Huffington Post as featured in on Bloomberg, because maybe you want to get more speaking gigs, or maybe you want to get more high profile, high paying clients. So it really is about starting with your objective. Because if you're not clear on why it is that you're you're wanting to get this coverage, then you may well either not be effective or you may end up getting coverage in the wrong places, in places that don't work for you. So secondly, once you've decided what it is you're trying to do, I say to people, well, okay, well, who is it you need to reach? So if you want to achieve that thing, who is it you need to get in front of? So that's when people, it often starts to click a little bit more then and people say, okay, right, well, if I want to sell more of these, So, for example, I'm working with somebody at the moment who's developed an app for parents to help their kids get to sleep at night. So she's obviously thinking, well, I need to get in front of the kinds of blogs and magazines and newspapers that parents read and and parents who are going to be interested in this stuff are going to read. Whereas somebody with a different app might want to get in front of a completely different audience altogether. Janet, I have to say, Janet, I'm getting very disappointed because I I created an app to help kids sleep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, there's someone else in the world who's created a similar app. Oh, yeah, well, there's always going to be somebody, isn't there? If it's a great idea, somebody else will, will be doing it too I can imagine so so yeah once you've kind of decided you know what is it you want to do who you need to get in front of then you need to work out well what do they read watch and listen to and sometimes we have these ideas so you know we might think oh it's really great if if I got in the Sunday Times or if I got in the New York New York Times you know I'd be able to tell my mum about it it'd be absolutely brilliant but actually that might not be brilliant in terms of getting us in front of the people we, we need to get in front of so it's really about kind of asking your ideal customer, what do you read, watch and listen to and trying to get them to be really honest because a lot of us lie about what we read. 
food. You know, for example, in the UK, everyone says they don't read the Daily Mail, but they do. Everybody loves it. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's really about kind of a bit of gossip. Uh, Janet, I have to say, I'm gonna, I need to jump in here because I do actually appreciate what you're saying. I know that uh, we had a previous guest a long time ago who got onto national TV in the US and it was Good Morning America. They have five million viewers, I think. And uh, he, it was terrible results. He cancelled my, um, my my podcast interview because he, he was getting on to Good Morning America. And uh, the results were horrific, you know, really d- single digits. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he couldn't believe it. So do you, do you see that a lot? Yeah, it's so true. I think people sometimes they go for prestige. So, you know, they'll, they'll go for something like that, Good Morning America, when actually what might be better... And I'll be really honest with people if I'm working with with them and say it might be better for you to go for a tech blog or it might be better for you to try and get on podcasts that are very influential in, in your field. So so sometimes it's good to be able to put that stuff on your website. And I would say with, with your guests that you were talking about, that's probably still not done him any harm and it's still probably great for him to be able to sort of say as seen by on his website. But that's but if, if his objective was to literally sell more of something or get more clients or, or whatever it might be, then it, it can be a complete, complete waste of time. So that's that's the bit that's really it's really hard, is almost being sort of I always say to people it's like leaving your ego at the door and just thinking, okay, well, if I want to sell more of these apps to, say, for example, I'm working with somebody else who's got an app at the moment, and it's an app to help people who are on parent-teacher associations to communicate with each other better and divvy up the jobs better. That's quite specific and quite niche. And again, she needs to get in front of parents and, and teachers and schools. So it's, you know, for her, it may well be better to get into quite kind of niche parenting titles and niche education titles. And while it might be brilliant to say that she's been in The Guardian or The Huffington Post, and that's all brilliant, but and that's great for her profile raising, but actually in terms of selling apps, then she's probably going to be better in more specific parenting titles. So it's a kind of like juggling, a juggling act. So when I say you need to stop talking about your app, this is the thing, as I say, journalists will, there's only so much you can actually write about somebody's app. And unless you're introducing new features to it every other month, and I imagine it's probably hard enough to get an app out there in the first place without, you know, constantly introducing new features, then what are you going to have to tell journalists that's new? So this is where I encourage people to get creative. So what I encourage people to do is to, and I've actually got a sort of handout that I give people to, to, to help to, to help with this and help them think about uh, are this. You, are you talking about paper, a paper handout? Well, well, it's online. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever print it out. Right, okay. <laughs> it's online. It would be great, it would be great uh, to, to turn some of my resources into an app, actually. Right. <laughs> I have thought about it. Well, you are speaking to a bunch of developers, so if you yeah, are... Yeah, no, it, it, it would be great. I've sometimes thought about it, actually. And, um, and, I, and I've thought about... Uh, I thought about how that could help my business. And funnily enough, I suggested to one of my app developers that she pitched an article to the Guardian Small Business Network about whether it was worth developing an app for your business or, or whether it was, you know, whether it was worth the investment, how much it cost, how you went about it. So so that in itself could be a nice bit of coverage for you. But right. yeah, so this is a, a this is a handout, which is online only. I rarely ever print it out. Whereas, and in the center of it, I've got, your business and brand, and then around the end edges of it, I've got the different parts of your life which intersect with your business. Because let's face it, none of us really, particularly if we're in this kind of techie space, none of us live 
lives where we can strictly divide our businesses and our lives. So around the edges of it, I've got like work, I've got relationships, I've got family, I've got money. And what I encourage people to do is to look at those areas of their life that intersect with their business and see where they've got potential for stories. So I'll give you a few examples. So I wrote a piece for The Guardian recently about why women need to stop working for free. Because basically, I was fed up with getting emails from people asking me to speak at events, big conferences sometimes, keynoting, and I'd say, oh, that sounds brilliant, I'm free, I'd love to do it, what's what's the rate? And they'd say, oh, well, we were hoping you'd do it for free, for the exposure. And I would go back and say, well, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years I really need the exposure I kind of need to pay my mortgage instead <laughs> so this kind of little gripe <laughs> this little gripe that I had sparked a little idea in me and funnily enough I posted it on Facebook which if we get time I'll talk more about the Facebook test later I posted it on Facebook how I was just a bit grumpy about this happening over and over again because in one case I was asked to fly out to Dubai for five days and they, they couldn't understand why I didn't think it was worth leaving my family <laughs> to go and talk at an event for five days Dubai is very nice and they were going to put me up in a hotel and everything but obviously they, that would be five days I couldn't work for for somebody else so this little moan I put it on Facebook and some other friends I've got who are entrepreneurs and, and solopreneurs, they they all chipped in and, and I thought, this is something here. People are interested in this. So I went to the Women in Leadership editor at The Guardian and just said, would you be interested in me writing a piece about it? I think there's a women's angle here because women are generally more concentrated in part-time and flexible roles and 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 just, just because of the way life is, there's lots of research to show this. So she said, great, I wrote the piece and it kind of went mad. It got so many shares online. Now, it wasn't specifically about my business, but it was about the mission and values which kind of drive my business. And in terms of PR, it was brilliant. I mean, I was speaking at an event in London recently and there was a lady sat right in front of me and I said, oh, where did you hear about me and my work? She said, oh, well, I read your article about working for free and now I'm here. And that really is, you know... That's genius. PR in action, isn't it? Wow. Another example is I I work in a shed at the bottom of my garden. I say a shed, it's one of these kind of like fancy, chic sheds. And... I've been featured in various publications, including the Metro, which is a, a UK national, but it's also a, a, lot, a lot of the commuters read it, so it's a really good one to get into. And I've been in there, featured in articles. One in particular was about the rise of she-shedders, so ladies who, who have these, these fancy sheds at the end of their garden that they work in. And again, in it, the, the article wasn't about my business, it was about the fact I work, it was how I work, so I work in this shed. So... That's the thing. It really is about, but but I did actually get the opportunity to talk a lot about my business in it. If you look at the quotes in it, I'm talking about how I, I run training courses from my shed at the end of my garden and how I teach people how to get PR. And I talk a lot about my about what I actually do, but the article specifically is about something else. And that really is the sweet spot. It's about, because that's what people are interested in. People aren't interested in reading endlessly long articles or watching TV shows or about somebody's app, unless it's really, really interesting and unusual. And even then, they're only going to want to do it. Okay, I'm, I'm learning so much from you, Janet. This is uh, genius. I think it's the first time I've spoken about this angle, which is is actually, when you first said to me, don't talk about your app, I thought it was crazy. 
but now you've sold it to me. You've really sold it. Okay, so. I'm glad I'm selling it to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing, and it's such a hard thing. And when I'm working with people, because I do sort of coaching one-on-one and group coaching, it, it's one of those things it takes a long time to click sometimes, and people will resist against it, and they'll keep coming back to me, and they'll keep saying, and I say, every time you pitch an article that has the word my or that phrase my app in it you're probably reducing your chances of getting coverage um, by about 100%. Now, it's not to say, I mean, sometimes there will be things that you are doing which are genuinely interesting. But as I said, it is usually when your app first comes out. But, you know, as a consistent, if you want to be getting coverage, reminding people that you're out there every month, every, every week, then... Just, just keep telling people about your app. It's, it's just not going to work. Uh, actually, Janet, what you're doing is you're making me realise that the when I mentioned at the start that I'd got into Bloomberg recently, and then if I think about the article, it wasn't about the uh, uh, specifically about the tool, which is um, I love your stories. Uh, it's a creative writer's tool. Actually, I think you'll love that. Um, but oh yeah, it, it sounds brilliant. Yeah, it's helping you get into the creative zone. So when you're writing, you have dis- no distractions, and you can just see what, each word at a time, and everything disappears as you write. It's like writing in invisible ink, and then you get to see it afterwards. So it forces you to write. But um, I was, I just realised it wasn't about that. It was about the whole creative writing, uh, getting too many distractions. It was the story, and and yeah. not the tool. And uh, yeah. that's that's made me realise it's all about the story. That's exactly it. And the, the the bit where people go wrong, I think, is that we all know what we like to read, watch, and listen to, and we like stuff that. I mean, I've honed it down over the the years where I've been teaching it. There's kind of three things I think that motivate us to read, watch, and listen to something. So the first one is fear. So that's your kind of typical Daily Mail story. You know, eating oranges gives you cancer. That'll be one day. The next day it will be like not eating oranges gives you cancer. <laughs> uh, that's the kind okay. of Daily Mail narrative. Or it might be, you know, thinking if you, you do some, something too much, you don't do it, do it enough, something's going to happen to you. Curiosity is, is just something that kind of, you know, I was speaking at a conference last year and I was just about to go up on stage and then I went on the BBC homepage. It was to do with my talk that I was giving to see what the the most read news story was. And it was a day when there were these terrible atrocities happening in Syria. And the most read story was about a goldfish that was having a life-saving brain operation on the BBC website. So people were dying. There were these terrible things happening in Syria. But curiosity... No, one won the day there and the other one which is I think the most important one is the what's in it for me so we, we we all we're all selfish readers we only read stuff if we think it's gonna help us in some way it's gonna entertain us it's going to make our life easier or whatever so but I think sometimes we forget that when we're pitching to journalists we sometimes forget and we end up pitching things that that, that we wouldn't even be interested in. I see it all the time. You know, I got a press release the other day from somebody. Said, would you be interested in the story about our new marketing manager? I mean, who would be interested in reading a story about... Uh, the, ma- the marketing managing question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably only the marketing manager and their mum. You know, and their yeah. um, but that's, that's the kind of thing. So that's why I always say to people about doing the Facebook test. So if you've got an idea for a story, just think, right, okay, if I was to post this on my Facebook page, and I mean my personal Facebook page now... Would people like it? Would they comment on it? Would they share it? And the, finally, the golden one is: would they, would they argue about it? Would they have divided opinion on it? Because that's usually the really sweet spot. Because if you know, I think we all love things that divide us a little bit, or we've got different opinions. Or it doesn't have to be massively controversial. But I think if some something's got different opinions, then or, or it kind of you know makes us divided in some way, that's the kind of 
sweet spot, if you get what I mean. I'm loving this chat, Janet. I'm learning so much from you already. And I mean, we will have to get to the Facebook thing. But before we do that, I just wondered, um, having on your website as featured in Bloomberg, as featured in The Guardian, all these other things, it does that make a big difference? How, how does it actually help you? It helps you because it's like a chicken and egg thing. So every time you pitch to a journalist, the first thing that they will do is they will go and look you up and they'll see, it's like a rubber stamp. They'll see where else have you been featured. Can In lots of cases now, the journalists are actually wanting you to write the stuff yourself or certainly produce the copy even if you don't even if you get somebody else to write it but they're looking for you to use a generated copy so it's, it's like a rubber stamp does this person know what they're talking about okay well they've been on USA Today so that means they must be able to string a sentence together if USA Today put them on so there's that side of it it's kind of reassuring for, for future media appearances but also I think for clients I think I, I think people can't help but if, if if I go to your website and I see that you've been on Bloomberg or you've been in USA Today, you've been on the Huffington Post, then it's almost like your credibility just kind of shoots up. And I think, okay, well, if those very popular and very reputable publications think that this guy is worth, that that what he's got to say is worth putting on air or putting in print or whatever it might be, he must know what he's talking about. Now, we probably all know that that's probably not necessarily true. Um, (laughs) And there's probably plenty of other people out there who also know what they're talking about or maybe could do a better job. But the point is that you're there and it's like a rubber stamp. It's like somebody kind of saying, this person knows what they're talking about. That's fantastic. So let's talk about Facebook then. You mentioned uh, that uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about Facebook. But it was... Um, yeah, it was pretty much what, what I was just saying there about if you've got a story idea, just imagine sharing it on Facebook. And and if, if you think people, if you think you'd put it on Facebook and it would be like crickets and nobody would respond, your story is probably really rubbish. And if you think like my money story, you'd post it on there and people would bundle in and they would start to kind of start to sort of talk talk about it amongst themselves, maybe argue amongst themselves, share it, like it, that kind of thing. Then you know you're probably onto a bit of a, a winner. Yeah. You, do you ever advise um, like to buy, like to do some sort of split testing and buy some ads and then put like different headlines out there to see oh. if uh, the story is compelling? Well, I think sort of when it comes to Facebook advertising, I suppose that's kind of quite, yeah, I haven't thought about doing that before. I mean, I, I do Facebook advertising a little bit for my company and I do, I, I found just for my company that it's interesting when I tell a story, so if I if I do like a a sponsored ad where I tell a story that leads into a blog post and I send people to my website to read a blog post, I get so much more engagement. If I just do an ad, say come to my webinar or just kind of come over to my website or sign up for this course I'm doing or whatever, it's, it's really interesting. The engagement is... 50%. 50%. So obviously it depends on on what you're what you're doing and, and your business. But it is really interesting because for me, I mean I sometimes boost posts from my Facebook page where I'm telling a story. I, I just think storytelling is just I mean that's essentially what it's all about. We all love stories. So I would certainly say it's it's probably not worth spending money on it, but I certainly would if you've got a bit of a germ of an idea maybe something that's niggling you or something that's going on in your life and you think, do you know what, I think people might want to hear about that and it would also be an opportunity for me to mention my business in some way. It's worth just sticking it on Facebook and seeing what people say. And sometimes people say, oh, but I'm in a really niche industry. Like no, no one would be interested because what I do is so niche. But I'm like, well, 
if you imagine, so for example, I was working with someone the other day who works in the tin mining industry. Now, you can't get much more niche than that. And he was asking me, well, how do I know what's newsworthy and what isn't? And I was saying, well, if you imagine there's a Facebook specially for engineers in the tin mining industry, what would what would be big news to them? What would make them want to pile in and, and and like things and share things? And it's a bit like, you know, if you if you work in education, that's been my specialism as a journalist, education and, and teaching and that kind of thing. And I know that there's some stories that if I was, that, that teachers would be all over and they, they would want to comment on and would get them hot under the collar in a way that, you know, tech engineers wouldn't or whatever. So it's really kind of a being really aware of your audience. And, and that's really, again, what it's all about. So when you're thinking about pitching an idea into the press, it's about really trying to understand the audience of the publication or the program that you're pitching to and that's a huge mistake that people make actually people if you can imagine you wouldn't go to a job interview would you without or even you know an interview about a, a potential project you're going to be working on without stalking the interviewer on on LinkedIn and checking all their social media profiles and, and finding out as much as you could but every single day of the week people pitch journalists ideas without having read the publication <laughs> and, and it's just crazy that people do it but it's all there for you if you just go back you know if you if you want to get published in the Huffington Post or whatever if you just go back and have a look at a few of the articles in in on the topic that you want to get published on or the area you'd like to get exposure in it's all there for you. the The content is there. The content will tell you the kind of kind of things you should be pitching. But for some reason, people miss that step out, and it's such an important one. Yeah, and in fact, uh, just as, before I uh, came on to do the podcast with you, I was chatting with a guy who's potentially going to spend seventy thousand pounds on a, an app, and we were exploring the idea of look, just don't spend that just yet. Put maybe put some fa- Facebook ads out on with different screens and different stories and different headlines. And then see if people are actually interested in clicking through. And then you could always have a like a landing page where you capture the uh, email or say that it's in beta and um, that you need to, to sign up to get updates. Uh, but it seems like a sensible thing to do. Uh, and also, sorry, there's one other thing you sparked um, my th- thinking, which is journalists are also looking for exposure. And uh, I guess if you appeal to them in a way of, hey, look, I could... Uh, help expand your exposure and that could actually work and be a win-win yeah I mean I think you have to be a little bit careful how you go about it because I've had people pitch me with my journalist hat on saying this could be a really big story for you this could like skyrocket your career and there's something about that which is just a bit of a turn off if people are that overt but I think I always advise people to to do some stalking of journalists on Twitter so (laughs) okay if, if, if you go to, to, to a degree, so, so, I guess. So, so, yeah, yeah. So some, some healthy stalking. If you if you go online, say for example, you've decided you want to get a lot of people want to, I know, want to get into Business Insider or Entrepreneur or Inc or that kind of thing. So if you just go and look those journalists up, you, you know, once you've found out the person who's going to be the decision maker, uh, who who can make a decision about whether to run your story or not. So you go and go and follow them and see what they're sharing, see what they're talking about. And sometimes you you just find you can just tell that they've got an interest in a certain subject, and you will just see, you will see that they've they've offered, there's obviously something or some topics that appeal to them more than others just by the stuff that they're sharing. And and that can be really good because you can go to them and say, look, I know you've written about this before, or I know this is. 
an area that you feel passionately about. And that's quite flattering if somebody's actually taken the time to go and look look up what you've what you've written before. It can also backfire on you because because um, sometimes if you see a journalist writing about something, you can think, oh great. So this used to happen to me all the time. I used to write about apprenticeships a lot. And every time I wrote an article about apprenticeships, what would happen is like hundreds of people would read it and then they'd email me basically pitching me exactly the same story and I'd be like well we just did a, a story on apprenticeships in the app <laughs> app development arena why would we run another <laughs> one this week you know I, I like the fact yeah. you're reading what I'm doing but it's kind of like kind of use your common sense a little bit and try and think well if, if they've covered a specific topic one week they're probably not going to do it the next week however if you've got a new angle on it or there's something fresh then then um th- then that can work too but I mean it's a lot to you know I've been doing this for 15 years and so all of this is a second nature to me I appreciate it. it's it's hard you know if you're coming into this and you've never worked in the media it's a big you know it's all doable but yeah. there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to take in Let me take this opportunity to thank my sponsors. App Store Optimization is the best user acquisition channel that you can actually get. Focusing on search ranking within the app stores can help you gain quality users cost-effectively. GummyCube has exclusive data and algorithms from thousands of campaigns to help you with App Store Optimization. These are the key ASO factors that they look at. App title, app keywords, app reviews and ratings, app description, app logo, app screenshots, app publish name, app category, a lot to choose from here. And if we actually just focus on one, app keywords for example this is what users are actually looking for you know you're only allowed 100 characters picking the best keywords requires understanding your market and actually GummyCube can help you with this they have a full app store optimization service so why spend all the time trying to do this yourself just don't take the risk of missing any one of these factors go and get GummyCube to help you out it's www.gummycube.com g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e gummycube.com and start optimizing your app today. And let me thank GummyCube for being such a great supporter of this show. Apptentive have a great intelligent ratings prompt. So what does that mean? It means that you can drive five-star reviews, which obviously then means your app is going to climb the charts. Uh, So what you can do is you can prompt the user, ask the question, hey, do you like the app? Yes or no? It's pretty obvious that if they hit yes, you want to take them to the review page so they can leave a really cool review. If they hit no, you do not want to take them to the review page. You want to take them to the inbuilt messaging center where you can actually communicate with them two-way and find out why they don't like the app. So keep those criticisms off of the review page and help your app climb the charts by only driving five-star reviews to the review page. Uh, go and check them out. It's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. They will give you a free consultation. And thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. And now let's get back to the episode. Janet, I'm going to try and squeeze two more things in before we say goodbye to you. And uh, One is that we, we always like to come up with an app idea. I think you've just given me a genius idea for someone out there <laughs> who has got the time. Now there's this service that's recently come out uh, I think it's called Clarity Nose. Uh, it's taken LinkedIn profiles and given you an idea of how to communicate with that person based on their posts, their social media posts. Wow. I mm. think there needs to be something like that for journalists. So get all the you know, like journalists yeah. and and then have like a uh, almost like personality profile building um, from the tweets and from the posts and from their articles so that it says this journalist yeah, loves this. Lovely. Don't you think that would be genius? Yeah. Put it as an app. Yeah. 
I think, and as with all of these things, I think there's people who've tried to do bits of that, but nobody's said there's something called journalisted where you can go, I mean, it's not an app, but it's online. You can go and see what they've written about the most and, and that kind of thing. Um, and there's certain, there's a few services like help a reporter out and response source, and, and they will, they've got bits of that kind of information, but but you have still have to go and piece it all together. So an app that brought that all together and said, you know, this journalist has written 100 articles on this topic, or, yeah, I mean, that would be genius, I think, and, and would save people a lot of time. Yeah, this journalist likes uh, lots of uh, emojis or likes positive language, and this journalist, journalist loves fear things because he works for the Daily Mail. <laughs> so. yeah. oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's genius. Uh, someone out there, please build that. I think it would be a fantastic idea. Um, the Last thing then is this, this is a show about apps. Uh, would love to know from you, like how you go about in your business. If, um, you've already given us one app recommendation for the PTFA thing, but do you have one other recommendation for an app that you use to go through life? Oh be... gosh, I mean, I use loads and I've put my phone away somewhere. I'm trying to think what I... <laughs> uh, go, uh, feel free if you want to go and grab it and, and um, give us your... Yeah, I think I've, I've put it away in a drawer. Oh, there it is. So I'm just going to have actually have a look at my phone now and tell you what, what, okay. what I use the most. So I use, um, oh, I, I use quite, I, don't, I think I use quite sort of obvious things. So, you know, Dropbox and Dictaphones and uh, I use all the Google stuff. So I've got all of that. Um, I, I'm a runner, so I use Strava and Runkeeper, that kind of thing. Right. Periscope, uh, Ringer, because you've just introduced me to it. I'm going to start using that. Um, and all my usual kind of, I don't think I use anything that's particularly kind of um, sort of cutting edge, particularly. Uh, Maybe you can recommend some things. I've got zero on here that I use for my um, financial stuff. That, but, I mean, I am a big, I would, I would say I was a big app user and I've always got my phone and I'll always try and do it, you know, use app apps where I can to save time and make life easier. But... But yeah, I feel a bit with my app choices uh, now. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, something that's never been mentioned, I think, yet is the um, the new Apple News that's come on to uh, iOS oh, nine, okay. and yeah. uh, that's and also I think Google are doing um, something called uh, Google Amp, I believe, which is like accelerated uh, loading of pages, and I've had a play okay. with that, and it's unbelievably fast loading of news and um, you know various uh, 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 content. Uh, and uh, once once you've experienced it, you think this is this needs to be basically what they're doing. I think they're getting rid of all the, the adware that really slows down loading of websites, and getting rid of all the you know the, the rubbish and just having the pure clean text. Mm. Oh, it loads it loads amazing. So uh, yeah, there's some developments with apps, but. Um, Ooh, I have to say my most used one is my podcast app, actually. <laughs> That's the one that gets the most most aware. Wait, which which podcasting app do you actually use? So it's just called podcast, I think. Oh, that, the uh, Apple default one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I, That's a job yeah. for me, but I'm sure there's probably more out there. There's probably something better I could be using. Oh, no, I used to use that all the time, but I've turned away from that about a year ago when it started crashing. And uh, I use RSS Radio, which I, oh, okay. I, I really enjoy. Yeah. I had the founder on this show and uh, it's, it's always <laughs> been great. Uh, yeah. But uh, J Janet, uh, it's been Honestly, it's so great. I feel like we could almost take an hour. We're going to have to cut this short. We, um, however, uh, I will put all the show notes. Um, there's going to be a lot of them on episode 386. So anyone 
listening to this who wants to get stuff afterwards can just go to theappguy.co and search for Janet Murray on episode 386. Uh, I think you've mentioned a few things there as well, such as that journalist um, uh, website. Uh, but in the meantime, h- how can best uh, people find you? How, how is the best way of getting in touch? So my website is janetmurray.co.uk. I'm also very active on Twitter at Jan underscore Murray. And I'm getting very active on Instagram lately. So I'm um, Jan Murray UK there. And I've also got a Facebook page, which is Janet Murray UK. I do kind of like my social media. And just to say, if anybody's interested in in finding out more, we didn't even touch on press releases, actually. But that's the thing that people often ask me about the most. But my website, I've got a blog where I share loads of free information on all of this stuff so it's all there everything we talked about much more i've also got a free press release writing course which is a five-day course which just you get a little lesson in your inbox every day and you can sign up to that on the main page of my website and i've also recently launched my own podcast as well which is called the soulful pr podcast which i'm ever so excited about and so if you like to listen if you prefer to to get your your info that way then it's a mixture of solo shows but also interviews with with experts and also people who are great at getting coverage for their businesses as well so there's really some really nice case studies there that, that I think people will find quite inspiring I think people anyone should, listening should go and definitely uh, you're obviously talking to podcast listeners so just add that to your podcast listing and uh, how are you finding the whole podcasting has it been fun it's really, really fun. It's one of those things that I wanted to do it for years and I kept procrastinating and because it just felt really big and overwhelming. And I'm quite sort of, I'm not afraid of tech. I'm quite kind of, you know, I'll just get on and have a go at stuff. But it just felt like there were so many bits, little bits and pieces. And what I did is I did a skill swap with somebody. So I coached somebody in PR. We did, we swapped an hour a week and she coached me in just kind of how to the, how to do it so it just broke it down into little pieces so it didn't seem so overwhelming and we shared screens and that kind of thing and it just I did it in 30 days so after procrastinating for two years I did it in 30 days <laughs> which was you know I launched with eight episodes and got into new and noteworthy on iTunes within 24 hours after procrastinating for two years so that was quite, <laughs> oh, <that's so laughs> quite a lesson in there so I, I yeah. love that idea as well skills swap and uh, swapping like you know the, your uh, skills for someone else's so it sounds terrific well, what I'm going to move on to next, actually, if anybody's listening and they, they're interested in helping out, I really want to develop my YouTube channel so I can just create a short video a week with how to, you know, basic stuff like how to write press releases, how to pitch a journalist, that kind of thing. So if anybody's listening and would love to help me with that, I'd love to do a swap where, I mean, obviously I know how to, I've got a YouTube channel, I know what to do, but who's really experienced in creating video content you know, quite quite decent videos, but but not using massive loads of expensive kit. Just kind of you know being able to put nice videos together and uploading them on YouTube, and just making the most of that most of that channel. And 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 because that's what I did with the podcasting skill swap. It was just she she kind of gave me all those little nifty tips that that you would otherwise learn along the way. But she gave you know we that's what I'd love. So if anybody's listening and they'd like to help, then it'd be great if they could get in touch. <laughs> That is terrific, definitely. Uh, Janet, thanks so much for coming on uh, the show, the App Guy podcast. Uh, all the best with um, your own podcast and all the, uh, you're obviously passionate about what you do. So it's lovely to hear you um, talk about PR and, and give us all those great nuggets. Thank you. 
Remember, GummyCube are the experts when it comes to App Store optimization. They can give you big data analytics software for App Store optimization and for mobile marketing. They use DataCube, which is App Store intelligence software, getting all the data from App Stores and not by scraping the web. To go and launch a campaign, go to www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. Thanks very much for supporting this sponsor. Also, my other sponsor is Apptentive. Apptentive are offering a free 55-page ebook on how to get the best ratings and reviews. Uh, to find out more, just go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's apptentive.com forward slash appguy. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting the show. So just one final announcement. I have put uh, the first 100 episodes back on Apple. You'll know that the Apple podcasting app does actually only show you maybe the first 100 episodes. And I really need your help. I'd love to get into new and noteworthy for the App Guy podcast archived episodes 1 to 100. And it's actually a huge amount of effort. I can see that there's really some popular uh, podcast episodes uh, being played at the moment. Uh, An episode 40, for example, with Sujan Patel seems to be really popular. And if I go down a list here, it looks like actually most of them are being played. Uh, It's hard to pull out a favorite. So uh, if you are new to the podcast and you have not listened to episodes 1 to 100, you can do so now on the Apple Podcasting app. But this is where I need your help. The first seven days are pretty critical on the podcasting store. So, uh, in fact, the first eight weeks, uh, if you can leave me a review uh, for uh, anyone who's got an iPhone or an iPad or you listen to this on a Mac, then uh, go and uh, leave me a review. Five stars would be preferable. Then uh, even commenting uh, on your review, uh, that means that I stand more chance to get into new and noteworthy on Apple And that means I can attract some new listeners to the show. And it really does help my sponsors, me and the show progress. So go do something pretty awesome for me. Help me out by going to, maybe the best way of doing it is going to search your podcasting app for Paul Kemp. And you'll see uh, something called the App Guide Podcast First 100 Episodes. And it's taken a lot of work, but I'm actually, I've released the first 50 odd so far. And each episode from 50 to 100 is going on over the next several weeks every day and it just gives you a chance to listen to some of those fantastic uh, archives turn back the clock and listen to the origination of the show Uh, the first 100 episodes were my favorite and actually i learned a huge amount so uh, go and do that and if you are using other podcasting apps and you cannot find that in your podcasting app then please let me know because it means that i need to submit the feed through to whoever is finding those feeds and uh, also i am very likely to appear soon on google play which is really exciting so uh, for the first time google play may be supporting podcasts which is uh, terrific so go and help me out go and help out the show do something pretty awesome leave a review for the app guide podcast for the first 100 episodes it's called archive part one and uh, otherwise i look forward to delivering another episode to you shortly.